everyone and welcome to the rough cut retrospective episode 109 a podcast where we talk about movies tv pop culture in the midst of a world burning around us and these days thanks to kanye west i'm your co-host carter sims and uh i'm joined as always uh he can't swim it's jackson mccurin hello the axe remembers and the, oh, the, the wait tree. maybe i said it wrong <laughs> wait it's uh wait what's the quote the tree the axe forgets the tree remembers oops <laughs> uh you nailed it how you doing thank buddy? you yeah great great i'm doing great good thanksgiving uh, i did i had a great thanksgiving did you oh yeah i was telling you before we got on won a lot of bets yeah and, uh just a great thanksgiving thankful for DraftKings this year so wow uh terrific stuff uh jackson today mm-hmm. Taking a little uh, a, a little curveball, not doing RCR Top 100 this week. Uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, you probably saw that we released a little bonus Rogue One episode this week, and that was in honor of the uh, series finale of Andor, the newest Star Wars live action show. And today, we're going to review season one of Andor, just talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and uh, just get into the nitty gritty. Uh, sound good, Jackson? Sounds fantastic. Amazing. But first, Jackson, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What were you into this fine holiday weekend slash week? Well, uh, besides binging all of Andor in like two days, which nice. was kind of difficult, uh, I watched Indiana basketball, one against UNC, which was pretty cool. Hell was yeah. Pretty fun. Um, I saw um, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Have you seen Ooh, this one? How is it? It's fun. It's really, really sweet, actually. I've heard really fun things. I heard Kevin Bacon's fun in it. It's, it's great. Uh, it's good stuff. I need Super to check fun. that out. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and then I just have two trailers I wanted to, wanted to uh, discuss with you. Oh, please. Have you seen the new Mario trailer? I did see the new Mario trailer. Looks pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty excited kinda, for it. <laughs> I'm kind of s- stoked. Uh, I liked Chris Pratt's Wahoo. That was nice. Sure. Uh, yeah. Did you see, like... So like they're in the end of the trailer, they're like racing on Rainbow Road, got the yes. Mario Karts out uh-huh. and people, people on Twitter were like, oh, they had to make it woke and they have to ride on a rainbow, <laughs> the rainbow flag. Like, oh, my, oh God. my God. Yeah. Speaking of World Cup, am I right? World Cup. Hell yeah. I haven't been watching it. I don't know for good, but hey, we're on the next stage, man. That's what, they, <sighs> that's what they tell me. So we play on Saturday. Shout out. Anyway, Mario looked great. <laughs> I'm excited. It looks good. Every yeah. time Jack Black, I hear his voice in Bowser, I'm like, this is working for me. Oh, lot. it's perfect. It's and really, really good. Still no Seth Rogen, of... which yeah. I was kind of surprised that we didn't hear. We saw Donkey Kong. Uh-huh. Um, got to hear some Charlie Day and some Anya Taylor-Joy. That was fun. Yeah, we got a lot of Peach Lions this time. So is, so is yeah, is Seth Rogen the only main voice we haven't heard yet? I think so. Yeah, I think that's it. I wonder if there's oh. going to be like a surprise, like Waluigi, Wario show up, but it's like Steve Martin and Martin Short or something. <laughs> that would be pretty fun. <laughs> pretty inspired. Yeah. So yeah, the trailer looks fun. I'm, I think I'm going to be pleasantly surprised by this movie. So I'm excited for it. April, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then also the other trailer that dropped today, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 teaser trailer. Have you seen this one yet? 
I did. And it seems like everyone's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, am I, am I reading that wrong? Like it was no. very like, this is our last ride, last song music's stopping. Like pretty, pretty sad. So, uh, it looks, uh, yeah, it looks like the end of the road for the Guardians, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. so. And it's going to be like following the High Evolutionary, I think, which is a Rocket raccoon, like the guy who created Rocket, I guess, from a kid. And it looks like we see some of that backstory in this. It's going to be oh, very yeah. sad. Baby Rocket was adorable. That yeah. was that was good stuff. Um, yeah. sp- speaking of, like, back to the holiday special real quick. Uh-huh. A lot of people were, like, really impressed by, like, what they thought were practical effects. And it turns out that they're not. But like, like what, that's which some, things? They thought Groot was practical. Yeah, he was. He, he was weird looking, but like they thought Groot was practical. And yeah. I think people were talking about the 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 dog. The dog, too. yeah, the dog was like basically completely CGI. Yeah, which but, is crazy because it, it looked like, really good. Yeah, it seemed like for once, like the Marvel CGI was actually good. So yeah, and James like. Gunn, be sure to credit. He like credited them in like his tweets and stuff about it too. Like no, it was just our awesome VFX guys. Like they did a great job. Man, James Gunn on a tear right now. Good for He's him. He's so great. I'm We're gonna so see some him. some DC plans soon. I think for the future. Yeah, soon, yeah. So. He tweeted this like, people. I think people are reading into it too much. It was like a photo from this story called Kingdom Come, which is like a very weird story to turn into like a movie. But like everyone's like, oh, that's what it is. But I think it was just like a, a picture with of... like a boardroom <laughs> and like it had a bunch of characters in it. Ah, uh, got it. But yeah, classic, classic. amazing stuff. Uh wonderful. Um, for me, Jackson, um, mm-hmm. I was playing, uh, some catch up this week. I saw a lot of things actually. Um, I checked out, she said this week, nice. uh, the story about the New York times reporter and uncovering the Harvey Weinstein, uh, case, all that. Do you jazz. think it was like too soon to make this movie? I was, I was curious about that. Cause obviously this all happened in like 2016, 2017. Yeah. It almost feels like if you made a movie about like COVID, like some movies are doing it. That's for sure mm-hmm. with COVID as a backdrop, but like purely about COVID, which we talked about many times in the past on this podcast. But yeah. I think it's uh, maybe I don't know where I fall on it. It was a compelling story because I had kind of it had been long enough where I for, had forgotten about like certain aspects of the story, yeah. like how it broke and everything and all that. Like it was very, uh, very interesting. I just I'm a sucker for a good newspaper yeah. story. So it just it's almost like. I don't know, like because like we're not far enough removed or like have we haven't really like systemically fixed any of those issues. It feels weird to already be like making the movie about it, I guess. Yeah, because like at the end of the movie, this isn't a spoiler, obviously, because these are also real events that have happened again not long ago. Uh, It says like, oh, and this launched like it has like a stinger at the end that like and this launched uh, a worldwide uh, outcry of like sexual harassment in the workplace. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, but like, have we fixed that? No, no. So, sadly, you know, sadly, sadly no. Not. So, so maybe that's the point also. I don't know. But, but uh, yeah, I found it, I found it uh, pretty interesting. Um, there was some uh, good little uh, quote Gwyneth Paltrow, not Gwyneth Paltrow voice recordings, like an actress voicing Gwyneth Paltrow. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, Bones and all. Um, I believe when I walked out of the theater, I texted I was compadres and just said, I want Timothy Chalamet to eat me. <laughs> um, that's my review of the film. I thought it was lovely. A nice, like r- romantic coming of age kind of story in the eighties, just about cannibals. So pretty interesting. I enjoyed that. 
Um, Devotion, Jackson, uh, this Korean war movie, like Korean war Top Gun, basically. With Jonathan Majors and yeah, Glenn and, Powell. Uh, yeah, and Glenn Powell. Um, was it good? I think it did. It's like if it was made in the 90s, it would have been the most successful movie ever. Like, <laughs> but not, it but just not fe- now. Like, it was good. It was effective. Jonathan Majors is actually really good. He has some really good, like, intimate scenes in what is kind of just like a military procedural like segregation story mm-hmm. um but it was it was pretty good i enjoyed it we went on thanksgiving this was our thanksgiving movie this year with the fam so we nice. went hit all the right numbers mom was crying so i think it did all did all the good things much as she cried on top gun as well so shout out to michelle she just really loves planes god she does man aviation jen and speaking of ryan reynolds and will ferrell starring amazing a, yeah did you like that <laughs> that was good that was good god um they starred an Apple TV Plus movie called Spirited Jackson. Um, have you seen yeah. anything about this movie? I saw an ad for it like a couple weeks ago. I assume it's just like comedy Christmas Carol, right? Like that's kind of the vibe of it. It's a musical, Jackson. Oh, it is? Okay. And I was kind of shocked going into it because I didn't really know that until they started singing. And... <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> yeah, but I have to say <laughs> that like I thought it was going to be pretty dumb. But the song, first of all, the songs are catchy as hell because it's the same guys that wrote the music to Greatest Showman. Oh, cool. Um, okay. So the music is catchy as hell. And it was actually kind of fun to see Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds like kind of do something out of pocket, like not see Ryan Reynolds, just play Ryan Reynolds and see Will Ferrell like kind of like watch them sing and like kind of be, I don't different. know, more heartfelt and different and not just yeah. like funny, like they're funny in the movie, but. I don't know. It was kind of refreshing, and the songs were banger. Octavia Spencer also there singing a song. Good stuff. I enjoyed it. And then nice. finally, my last one, and then I'll stop forever. Um, I got into the theater to see Glass Onion this week. I'm so jealous. I did and not. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm just going to say that I think it might be better than the first one. I've been hearing this. Yeah, I, it kind of kind of felt that way for me. Um. It's just really, really good. Every character is interesting. Every actor is great. There's some really fun like cameos, like how we got like Frank Oz in the first one, just as the mm-hmm. lawyer. Like, there's some really fun ones. Uh, I'm not going to spoil those either. But okay, uh, would you'll just have to wait. I think like two weeks, three weeks. I think Christmas. It's Netflix. Yeah. Premiere, so I'm kind of pissed. Yeah, I feel like they should have just done theatrical release. Until... Yeah, there's, there's been this outcry. Like theaters were begging Netflix to like let them have it longer. Yeah, but uh, and then basically the Netflix CEO came out and was like, "Yeah, it was never our intention to put it in theaters. It was just like a marketing ploy to get people to watch it in December." So tough. I don't know if it's gonna come back to theaters, but it should because the theater experience was really fun. Like, and it's one that like you wouldn't think like would need a theater ex- experience, but like Knives Out in theaters was so much fun. Like it was such so a good fun. like group movie. Like I haven't heard like applause in a movie or like claps and like like hardy like oh yes other than like a marvel movie like people were clapping in this movie when i went to yeah see it. it was fun so yeah uh highly recommend if it comes back to theaters go see it in a theater but if not enjoy the experience at home and make it a fun one so and that's all i watched i watched a lot of stuff this week jesus that's a lot i know let's uh let's get away from this and get into uh that's just your opinion man yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion, man. And let's talk Andor season one. 
Cassian Ander. The Empire is choking us so slowly. We're starting not to notice. What I'm asking is this. Wouldn't you rather give it all to something real? I need all the heroes I can get. For the greater good. Call it what you will. Let's call it war. There's fermenting out there, son. Pockets of fermenting. You're in my net. Are you a fish? Or are you a thief? You're slipping. <laughs> I'm not slipping. I've just been hiding for too long. Let me uh, just break it down real quick, give a little synopsis for the peeps. Uh, beginning five years before the events of Rogue One, again, uh, Davey Willen and I covered that. Uh, check nice. that little bonus episode out this week to get your bearings on that. Uh, so set five years before the events of Rogue One and A New Hope, uh, the series follows an ensemble cast of characters during the time that the Rebel Alliance is forming in opposition to the Galactic Empire, and of course, one of these characters is Cassian Andor, a thief who becomes a revolutionary and eventually, spoiler alert, joins the rebellion. What? <laughs> Starring uh, a lot of people, but to name a few, Diego Luna as Cassian Andor, Kyle Soler as Cyril Karn, Stellan Skarsgård as Luthen Rail, Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma, Denise Go as Dedra Miro, Adria Arjona as Bix Kaline. And uh, that's probably good for now. There's a lot of characters in this. Oh, and of course, Andy Circus. Gosh. Yeah. Sorry. Um, oh, there's a few other I can name because uh, I'll pull them up. And Andy Circus as what's his name? Kino Loy. And of course, uh, Fiona Shaw as Marva Andor plays a key role in this series. Uh, just to name a few. Uh, created by Tony Gilroy, who if you listen to the Rogue One episode, kind of came in in the 11th hour and saved Rogue One to be in the movie that it is today. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a bang-up job. So, Jackson, you binged mm-hmm. this this week. I did. Um, first of all, before I even ask, how are you feeling with the state of Star Wars nowadays? I know you're not a big Star Wars guy. Was the last thing we watched, like, Book of Boba Fett? Could that... No, we watched Obi-Wan. No. Yeah, hey, we watched Obi-Wan last. So coming out of Obi-Wan, we felt pretty good about Star Wars, right? Yeah, like, I'm still feeling good. Yeah, I, I don't think we need any movies for a while. And honestly, I don't think we need like a ton of like Mandalorian stuff or like, I don't know, like which by so the this way is the type of stories we need. I think yeah. if we're going to keep going forward. Announced today that that season three of that, by the way, coming in March of Mandalorian. Okay, that today. So we're getting more of that, Jackson. So get ready. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think star Wars is in a really good spot right now. And some are calling this like the best thing that star Wars has put out probably since rogue one, rogue one, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so I'm really enjoying where star Wars is at. I really enjoyed this show. Um, I think we're just getting better and better from book of Boba Fett, which was garbage 
to uh, Obi-Wan, which was good. And this, I think, was great. But um, were you apprehensive of all going into this show? Did you have any, like, reservations or, or anything like that before you started it? Um, it's kind of w- weird because, like, on paper, this is everything I want in the show. And I, was, I knew it was going to be good. Uh-huh. But nobody was really talking about it. So I didn't have the motivation to check it out. Sure. Fair. Um, and so I kind of just got into it late. But, like, as soon as I did, I was like, man, this is, like, one of the best things I've I've watched from Star Wars. Um, I I don't know. I feel like they really undersold this show. Like they didn't promote it very well. I think so. And it's like it's really weird because obviously, like the show is a prequel of a prequel about yeah. like a side. Like in Rogue One, he's not even the main character. He's a side no. character. Cassian Andor is, and like he's dead. So it's like weird like entry point because you're like Mm -hmm. maybe this is just going to be a weird like solo thing or whatever like solo a star wars story where it's like yeah but what are the stakes and i think still somehow they've managed to create like really palpable stakes in this show Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's just really really strong it like did it feel like a star wars show when you were watching it truly uh no because it was good and <laughs> oh burn no like uh just even like the filming like they they at oh, least yeah. to me it seemed like they didn't film on like any stages like it felt pretty much on location like every time yeah i can actually mention that right now they did not use the volume That's uh good. these are mostly practical sets yeah. obviously like green screen like some backdrops and like space and stuff but yeah i think the practical sets really help this story because it's like nitty-gritty it's down to earth it's really grounded with these characters and i think that really uh that plays well to it um can i ask you jackson just what did you like about the show any specifics that you were vibing with or any performances or where do you want to start Ooh, i guess like what I kind I guess we could start with the characters first. We might as well do the performances really sure. Quick. Let's hop over to performances because I'll just say off the bat that this show is obviously a character driven story. Yeah. Which I don't think you can say about most Star Wars things. No. I think, <laughs> I think you're probably like waiting for like I think Star Wars is kind of just like there's dialogue in between just to get you to the next action or set piece. Yeah. Um, I think there are action set pieces in this, but really you're focused on the dialogue and totally. like, the interplay with the characters and it's really intimate. So let's dive in. Um, I wrote down a few standout performances mm-hmm. uh, we can just go down the list and you tell me what you thought. Yeah. Um, so I'll just start at the top. Diego Luna coming back as Cassie and Andor. He was vibing. great. Yeah, yeah. I liked him a lot. I liked the Like I like where the story set him as like, he doesn't start as a rebel yeah I like that he's just like a thief who just happened to like get mixed up in the wrong things and the rebels just happened to pluck him out of obscurity because he was just this unknown guy in tough circumstances so i liked that setup a lot um i'm not sure this might be a qualm that i would say but maybe will be answered in season two mm-hmm. what the deal is with all the flashbacks in the first couple episodes um of like whenever he like lived with his like sister yeah because he's like looking for his sister and all that stuff and like uh, maybe that'll be explored in season two yeah it's funny you mentioned that because i actually didn't know this was going to be another season i assumed this was just like a one and done like all the other stuff kind of has been yeah and honestly like it ended really strongly like it could have just been a one-off season 
But yeah, I think they're it, doing just it one ends more. basically it's like, oh yeah, he's in. Like he's now into the resistance, basically. Like I don't know. Like to me it was kind of like it could have ended there, and I don't think people would be upset. They yeah. can connect the dots. Yeah, I'm curious where it'll, we'll get to that later where we think it's gonna go. But mm-hmm. yeah, I thought Diego Luna was really strong. Um, kind of just like seeing that metamorphosis from and like it didn't have what I also really like is that it didn't happen in like one moment. It was a series of characters that we're going to name like side characters that like showed him all these points of views of the galaxy and that like eventually drove him to that final moment at the end of the at the final episode. So I thought he was great. Um, Kyle Solar is Cyril Karn for and just for the people at home because there's Star Wars have dumb names, you know, there's really <laughs> weird names. This is the. Uh, yeah. He's the like the the imperial officer who like is tasked with finding Cassian in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of him? It was this really interesting performance and side of the Empire. I don't think we've ever seen. This is like the first time I think I've ever seen him act in anything, and I was just like blown away by him. I thought he was like he was playing like the perfect person to hate, and you definitely hate him, but he's like so good at being hated. I know, and there's like part of you that like kind of empathizes with him too even though he's like an ass because he's just so pathetic yeah like he thinks he's like hot shit and he's really just like lame and sad he's like down bad for authority and power authority like but he sucks at what he does kind of like he's just like not a good leader like you see him and you think he's hot shit like he's just like going for it and he's a try hard and then like when he's thrown into the action he's just like kind of a for lack of a better term he's a pussy um, he's like incompetent and I just thought it was a really interesting side, like seeing the empire. Cause we were, we're always painted the empire in like the star Wars lore as like these big badasses who like are just really big. Yeah. But, you like, definitely get to see like the cracks like yeah. early on. It's, re- I don't know. It's really cool. I don't think we've ever seen them portrayed like that. Right. No, I don't. Not to my knowledge, they're usually just really sinister, evil badasses who have a face deformity or can shoot lightning out of their fingers. (laughs) True. And yeah, I just really enjoyed that duality of that character. I thought he was really great. I don't know Mm -hmm. what else he's been in. I haven't seen him in anything else. He's known for Anna Karenina. How about that? So yeah, I'm looking at these two, and I don't see a single thing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not getting Fury. I guess he's he's credited on that, but I don't know. Sure. Big role. He was probably like an extra or something. He was Brad Pitt's body double. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought he was great. Um, Stellan Skarsgård as Luthen. Oh, by the way, he was medic number one in Fury. Oh, of course he was. That's on me. <laughs> Good movie. Um, so Stellan Skarsgård, yes, as Luthen. Yeah. Um, I thought that he was gonna like. I thought this was gonna be a phone in Stellan Skarsgård performance. No, it was not. Not at all. Um. I love first of all, I like that he's like so he's like the rebel, like kind of leader of the rebels, it seems like the backdoor guy. One of for sure, yeah. One of who's like who like runs this antique antiquity store on Coruscant mm-hmm. and like meets with like senators and stuff and is running things under the nose of the Empire. Um and it's cool because like on one hand, he's like like starting like the rebellion, but then like you kind of think he's going to be like this force that just like persuades like Cassian to like, Oh, you can do it. Join the rebellion. But then you see like the dark side of the rebellion and like what it takes Mm -hmm. to start a rebellion. 
And he has like that big scene when he's talking to like one of the spies in the empire. And he's like talking about how like, he's like has to sell out a certain band of rebels to like, make sure that he keeps his like spies safe. So yeah. Keep gathering information and like really get the rebellion burning and get the empire's attention. It's really fascinating. Another side of like star Wars we've never seen before. I thought he was amazing. Did you think he was great as well? He is one of my favorite star Wars characters. I think like I was blown away oh, yeah. by how much I liked him. He's cool. And like, you'll also notice like all these scenes we're mentioning with these characters, we're not mentioning big action set pieces with them. No. Like cool shit that they did physically. Like they're just really compelling characters, which is where the show really, really stands apart. Yeah. I um, think the best way to like pitch this show to somebody who's maybe like a little weary after like Boba Fett and stuff is this is kind of like the Game of Thrones of Star Wars. Like if you like definitely. those political conversations and like all these like secret meetings and betrayals and like with like a little bit of action like this is like the the perfect show like oh yeah i mean like it's like a spy espionage like thriller it's really intense like yeah i guess for the people going in and like some some people like some star wars fans are like this is boring and slow like no you're just getting a side of like reality that like you don't get in star wars i think it just expanded the lore even more so like mm-hmm. it's just the perfect way to retcon like a great piece of like lore and his cinematic history like it yeah. makes star wars better in retrospect and it's really in, in like rogue one did that too like the, this stuff is really 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 great so yeah. um but yeah like back to stellan skarsgård's that character like like he's literally like you think he's going to be like the one to inspire Cassian, but he's just using him like to just justify the ends of a means. And then mm-hmm. he's like, we need to kill this Cassian guy. So like to get rid of loose ends. So I thought it was cool. And he had a badass scene in his ship too. I'll say that. He had a really oh, whenever cool... he he's getting pulled over. Yeah. And then he yeah, just like goes cool. ham and like, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really good. So uh, yeah, he was amazing. Um, Denise Goth as Detramiro. She's the uh, like the evil lady, right? Yeah, she's the blonde. Like, I almost keep saying IBS. She's the ISB. (laughs) ISB. Yeah, the ISB agent. Who I really like when the show turns because we see like the inner workings of this like bureaucratic and like flawed and sensitive ISB agent who Mm -hmm. just like is in charge of like kind of overseeing like the justice in the galaxy and the law and order. Like you think it's like the emperor like watching over all this shit, but it's just like this group of like, uh, like quibbling <laughs> British yeah. guys, and and like she emerges as like this kind of cold and invulnerable side of the empire we're used to, but there's also like a desperation to her to like, like she's like the tryhard that like is actually getting shit done, and I know it's bad, it's like sad to say, but. I'm really happy. Like it was a woman that was in this empowered position. Cause you don't see that in star Wars. No, she's still a fascist. A yeah. woman fascist is still a fascist Carter. <laughs> okay. We do not care. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that that side of the story and like when Cyril Karn like tries to get in with her and like, I thought all of that was really compelling, by the way, I hope that doesn't turn into a romantic thing. Cause I think they have a really good thing going. 
Yeah, um, again, I didn't think that there was a season two, so I was just like, oh, they didn't do it. That's interesting because yeah. so like, they I, had them so close. Yeah, and that, and that was a saves her, but really uncomfortably long scene. Like, it was like, <laughs> for for nothing to happen. It was. <laughs> yeah, so I I enjoyed her performance um, a lot as well. Um, Fiona Shaw as Marva Andor. She was amazing. Who like kind of is like the fulcrum of the final episode and yeah. like the like kind of escalates the entire show to be like a powder keg, and she was great. Like they really easily could have made her like just the wet blanket mom character, yeah. who just like is like that's my boy, and then he she dies, and then he's like oh that's the final straw. Mm-hmm. But like she elicits a rebellion, and that speech is so sick at like the funeral scene. And we'll get to the funeral scene later. That scene is amazing. But um, I just, yeah, I thought she was great. And like, I thought for a while, cause she like kind of died off screen. I thought she was like secretly alive somewhere. <laughs> I also kind of thought that, but no. But I was like, if the show is what I think it is, it wouldn't do that. No. So yeah, I thought she was uh, amazing. Um, Andy Circus Jackson. He as, uh, got Malloy. so redeemed. <laughs> yeah. Did you see, I don't know, because you said you didn't see stuff about the show and it was going on. No. But people were like, is he, is this character Snoke. like Snoke? <laughs> and I don't think it is. I hope but, Okay, that's stupid though, because you know that Snoke is like man-made in Palpatine's little test tubes. Yeah. God. So like that doesn't God. even make sense when you think I, of like, it's so stupid. God, I forgot about that also. <laughs> God, thank you for reminding me about Rise of You're Skywalker. Welcome. Goodness. Yeah, he was incredible. Like yeah. he was eating up his scenes. He had great monologues. He has the like the that... speech he gave to incite the prison riot was amazing. Oh my god, incredible! Oh, yeah, and I... the scene. Oh, because uh, we'll never mind. we'll talk about it later, I guess. But whenever he like his final words are "I can't swim." Oh my god! And it's like, oh my god, he probably didn't even make it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll get. It's to so this. tragic. We'll, we'll get, get to that in a second. We'll to but that. but but God. Um. Yeah, I just love that, like, he's just another piece of, like, this side of the rebellion that you see. Mm-hmm. Just the guy who's, like, keeping his head down, doing what the Empire says. And and then he'll get out and live his life. And then it turns out they're all living a lie and they're just getting recycled in the system. Um, yeah. And then my final one, and then if you have any you can throw in, is Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. Yeah, she was great. I thought it was really cool to see her actually doing something. Like, in Rogue mm-hmm. One, she's kind of just, like, you know the the leader of the rebellion and what have you i love this backstory of her of the bureaucratic side her like setting up charities to raise money for the rebellion secretly yeah. and, and also, also just put up this front that she's like this like kind of just like middle liberal like who doesn't can't do a whole lot because like that's not her politics but then she's like secretly this crazy like rebellion leader and stuff i don't yeah. know i think that's pretty neat She's like trying to latch on to like hoping a diplomatic solution will come. So she's like not as radical as Luthen is, but it's like two different sides of the rebellion that are really cool to see. Yeah. Um, and you get to see like marital struggles and like family dynamics in Star Wars. Like when do you see that other than like Anakin saying he doesn't like sand, you know, like I just found that really compelling. It was really, really cool. Yeah, not to mention too, like whenever she has to like basically gamble away her daughter's life in like yeah, this arranged marriage to fund the rebellion. Yeah, like that is some deep stuff. And also, I'm gonna go ahead and, and just say I think we've got some legitimate gay representation in Star Wars now. 
and not just like one-off things. With, oh yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. With uh, her quote cousin. And uh, I think that there's some really interesting dynamics in play there. I hope to explore that a little more. That is actually her cousin though, right? I don't know. Well, because the daughter knows her. Yeah. But I like, guess it could be like a cousins? friend or something. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. But then also she's got like a thing going on with the other girl, I think. Uh, in like that, and when they're the garrison episodes, or like they're blowing up the garrison on that, the Aldani. Yeah, they, they, those two are definitely together. I think. Yeah, I think so too. So it's just really nice to see. I hope that's explored a little more. Um, do you have any other characters that you want to shout out, or actors you want to shout out, or anything like that? Oh uh, yeah, I wanted to shout out uh, Alex Lothar as Nimic, who was the kid with the manifesto for the heist. Yeah. I just thought he was amazing. He's in the Shut Up and Dance episode of Black Mirror, which is like a really good one if you haven't seen it, where he just gets blackmailed into doing a bunch of crazy crimes. Um, Incredible. He's really good in that, and he's great in this too. I don't know. I, I really liked his character. And his, yeah. him getting crushed. Oh. I mean, he lived, I think, but like still, like, oh. It yeah, made me sad. That was tough. Um, yeah, I just like that because it kind of like showed Cassie in like the heart of the rebellion. Where like at the same time in that same episode, the guy Skeen, um, who like think you think he's part of the rebellion, but then like at yeah. the end, he's just like looking out for himself. Mm-hmm. Like you just see so many different aspects of people in this galaxy and their their viewpoints and their morals, and I just. Yeah, Man, that's what I really, really liked about that heist crew because everyone had like a really interesting backstory. Like one guy was like an ex stormtrooper, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, not and they didn't ruin his arc like John Boyega's arc. So. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked that a lot. But yeah, like Nemec's character specifically, I just thought was like a really cool lens because he's like this younger guy, but he's like very much like into like the theory and like trying to get everybody on board i don't know i, I liked him a lot i thought he's pretty yeah. interesting he's like a bernie supporter if you had to truly put him into, yeah <laughs> um amazing um you want to talk about um specific episodes or in set pieces i i've kind of divided them into four so i think just the first three episodes are just you know introducing cassian on ferrix leading up to like the escape from ferrix uh-huh um, did you like anything in particular from the that that arc that was really really good? I loved whenever he met ran into his friend and like instead of just like telling them, like telling the audience that they're like really good friends, he was like, I went over to your house and like he like creates this whole alibi and then his friend plays into it. <laughs> yeah, I that, that was, was great. cool. Yeah, just the character dynamics setting that up. And like yeah. I didn't even mention like Bix either. Like, yeah, she was great. She was great too, and yeah, I like that whole interplay. And I got a shout out, um, Tim. Uh, Tim with two M's, who's like the guy dating Bix or whatever. Like, what a scumbag. Yeah, fuck Tim. I hate Tim. <laughs> I just love that his name was Tim, but since it's Star Wars, we gave him two M's. Two M's. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he was a scumbag. So, tough on him. Um, so, I thought all that intro was like, that's that was kind of like the parts of the show that I thought were the slowest parts, those first yeah, two episodes. I agree. But like once you get to episode three, like when you, they have the escape and like that factory set piece, where mm-hmm. like all, all the, the stuff's like, falling. Yeah, like that was yeah. really like such a simple like little set piece. But I just thought it was really effective. So, so yeah, I enjoyed all that. And then seeing obviously like Cyril Car like ever, fail and like they escape and like you mm-hmm. kind of see like 
again, like for a minute, you're like empathizing kind of with like the, um, these guards. Cause they like, they fucked up and this guy was no. trying so hard, but they don't like, sympathize with no. them. Carter. No, I don't sympathize. You're falling for it. I I thought it was great writing, Jackson. Oh, it was it was great writing. I'm yeah. not an imperial stooge, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then the next one, the next episode arc, just the like the Aldani, uh, the the eye heist. heist, which oh my god, I have not seen something so beautiful in Star Wars before. It was great when like the meteor shower comes and like use it as a distraction to into the empire and then again you see the vulnerabilities of the empire again like mm-hmm. they're not badasses they're just like giant and i just thought all of that was really cool i liked how long it took to get to the heist so we could spend time with those characters yeah and then you get to see obviously like in coruscant all the like backwards dealings with luthan and mon mothma and all that stuff but i really just enjoyed the characters and getting to know all those characters and the build-up was great because then you get to like an action episode basically and like it's tense it's the whole episode it's just really good so i thought that was great um the my favorite though was this these prisons episodes yeah the prison episodes were definitely the peak of the show yeah you could have done a whole season in this prison and i would have been cool with it like it was so entertaining it was great like i could have yeah i could have spent more time in there but like 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 learning the dynamics of the prison they're like studying how to escape the show is just really well paced and yeah this prison escape scene is i think the best episode uh in the series if i had to if i had to pick no totally i got chills like all the time yeah like you're seeing like the birth of the like this in the finale just like with uh cassian's mom's speech like actual goosebump inducing moments. Like when Andy Circus is given his speech, the monologue over the the intercom, they're breaking out. And then like as you mentioned, he says he can't swim when they escape. Yeah. And you and then you don't know what happened to him. Like he could have made it out, he could have drowned. Like we don't know what happened to him, his character. But But like it, what I love the most though, like in that scene is uh Oh gosh, Andor. He says, like, no matter what happens at this point, like we were free, like we made it, like this was yeah. like a win, even if we die, like jumping from this bridge. Yeah, and it's like it's cool to see like these little small victories. Like this is what births the rebellion, and mm-hmm. like, it's... well, yeah, I think the show's like structured pretty interestingly to like kind of show how like revolution happens, right? Like, so it started mm-hmm. with like an act of terrorism, according to like the the ruling governing party. Uh-huh. Um, where they they did the heist and then you have like the like prisoners of war who were unfairly captured and like or like given double sentences like while they were in prison which is mm-hmm. like insane and yeah. even and then we learn of course like halfway through that like once their sentence is up they just move them to a different level of the prison and then they serve another sentence is so insane and yeah, like they're and, just like stuck there forever and they all found out and then they like killed a whole wing of this prison because yeah. they all found out like, yeah so then you have like those like revolutionaries there and then like of course the third which we'll get to of like the funeral is like the the pe- like the people who haven't been directly affected yet um them like kind of rising up i don't know i thought that was like a really interesting way to do it yeah do you want to talk about that finale now well really quick i do want to talk about the prison again too just because Please. like they were just ha- like i don't know like they, this show did a lot of good commentary specifically on like the prison system oh, like yeah. in the united states but also like 
I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it feels to me like a lot of like post 9-11 like political mm. commentary. Yeah. Of like like the Patriot Act and stuff like that. Like they specifically what is it called in this? Like the Porv oh, or something? Yeah, something yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the name. But, but like yeah, it's like the like... act that like extends their prison sentences and like they're extra strict and they're surveilling everything. And like if you have nothing to hide, you shouldn't be worried. Like kind of like rhetoric around it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like I, just I that love was really interesting. like before he even gets to the prison, like Cassian isn't arrested for the thing that he did. He's just arrested for like looking around. Yeah. Like, oh, and that scene is so good too, right? Because this show promises no fan service. Oh, yeah. And they were right because they <laughs> show K2SO. Or like AK to us so droid. Oh yeah, they and do. Abby were like so hyper, like oh it's him, it's him. They're gonna like introduce and like he's gonna join his adventure, and he just like picks him up and like mishears what the officer says, and he's and he thinks he hears hang, and he's like literally about to kill him. Yeah, it's insane. It it's it really... was such a good subversion there. Like I really liked that. Yeah, like it's really interesting to watch this in like an A cab lens too, because like literally mm-hmm. just like these stormtroopers are just like a bunch of just like ill informed and like corrupt cops like they're just like going around and like just like arresting people because they look at them funny yeah i mean this like this is really indicative of just like the system the fascist system that they're trying to like convey like everyone who's doing it are just like like they're like cogs in the machines and they are these people but they're also they are committing these violent like atrocities still too i don't know it's a really really interesting way to look at this so fascinating. so fascinating and so grown up like uh, uh it's, it's just great and then like when they sentence him she's like this used to be like a, a four-month sentence and then she's like, like yeah. six years you're like what the hell so yeah anything else about the the prison i i thought it was really dehumanizing that they had to work for 12 hours a day and like they couldn't wear shoes or like <laughs> yeah. and they, like the fact that they like ate out of a tube i thought was also like really gross and like dehumanizing yeah but unlimited food jackson yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> but yeah, like, and then like it all comes together when like you see the old man die, and they're like, "Yeah, that scene is tough to watch." They just work you till you die. It's brutal. And I like you like gain again. The, the great thing about this show, it's kind of the Game of Thrones esqueness of it all. Mm-hmm. Like you come to know these characters, and then they're just like dead. And then there's no there's no ceremony behind it. There's no. It's like, just it's a part of the war. Kind yeah, of. like Cassian's like dude who he was like plotting the escape with like that dude just gets yeeted like really soon yeah. and then he's just like you don't see him again he's just dead there's no mm-hmm. no ceremony around it so yeah it's just i just love the grittiness of it all um you want to move on to the finale now yeah yeah now we can sorry <laughs> no 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 i mean we need to talk about the best part of the show so i'm all for it um the final riot back on Ferrix. um the staging of the funeral scene i think is brilliant um because much like i keep going back to game of thrones but this is where game of thrones failed getting Mm -hmm. a natural way of getting all your characters together for the final act it was very cohesive the way that they all ended up in the same place together yeah Uh, like cassian's there to like see his mom and like the the empire's there because they got word of cassian showing back up luther and everyone else wants to yeah everyone else wants to kill him yeah I just I love the setup of that and and it's all centered around like this incredible funeral sequence that was performed live. I was doing research. Um they like made those instruments, they performed that That was awesome. Live. Yeah. Um yeah, and like it, you're so tense the whole time cuz like you think you know what's about to happen like mm-hmm. 
this whole episode is just a powder keg. And then when it explodes, when Marva comes up and gives her speech. Yeah. Like, wow, that's another goosebumps moment for me. I thought that was really, really good scene. Yeah. And uh, apparently I was reading this, that original line when she says fight the empire at the end, originally it was fuck the empire, but Disney yeah. did not let them say it. So that would have been cool. That's unfortunate, but I can just believe that it was fuck the empire, but yeah. Did you, what did you, what'd you like about that, that episode or any of those final scenes? Yeah. I head? honestly, uh, I don't know. Like I'm a big nerd for like learning about like fake lore. So like, the oh, whole, yeah. like, Oh, we're turning her into a brick and then we're going to like put her on. a. Oh wall. yeah. I that thought was that was cool. so cool. I was like, Oh, that's sick. We should do that. Like, that's really cool. Actually. Do you want to be in a brick somewhere with me? Yeah. We, let's be go? brick buddies. Where do we want to go? Um, we'll go in like a McDonald's. <laughs> Perfect. We get we get put into like an AMC theater. Yeah. Oh, we could get put into the Nicole Kidman theater, the AMC movie theater where she goes. Perfect. Okay, that, that's what we'll do. I like Perfect. that. Perfect. So or McDonald's. We'll make two or McDonald's. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought all that was really good. Anything else from these these set pieces or any specific things we didn't mention that you want to touch on? I have just like miscellaneous stuff about the show as a whole in a minute, but yeah, I was going to shout out like the music, but that might be a whole other conversation. That's, let's go into it now. Let's do it because the score. Uh, Nicholas Bratel did the score. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool when we can get. Uh, okay, let me put it this way: John Williams is amazing, right? Yes. I think it's really cool when we can get away from the John Williams of it all. Yeah, because John Williams eventually writes, you gotta. Yeah, like John Williams, you know, he writes like fanfares and like crowd pleasing, yeah. like very big symphonic moments. Nicholas Bratel's score is very, like, grounded and mm-hmm. like unsettling. And it makes you anxious. And I think it was really, it's a really strong part of the show. It really sets yeah. the tone. Um, Do you know like what other stuff they've worked on? Nicholas Bratel? Yeah. Uh, I can look it up. Uh, vamp for me for uh, uh, an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I just really love the music too. Like there was just so many like subtle moments where like the music was just like really doing a lot. Yeah. Oh, and also, like, since we talked about acting, too, I don't think there was a single bad actor. Like, this was some of the best acting I've seen in Star Wars, period. And everyone was, like, doing their oh, best. Oh, yeah. Like, as I, I, like, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but, like, the, it's, like, the fact that it's a character-driven story, you need to, yeah, like, have great characters, and I think he did that. Um, You're going to love his work. Ready, Jackson? Yes. Uh, Moonlight. Did the score to Moonlight. Awesome. That's great. If Beale Street Could Talk. Mm-hmm. Cruella, hell yes. Okay, and then we'll ignore this one, but don't look up. That scroll was fine. <laughs> that's yeah, that's fine. You just don't like um, the movie that much, and it, I get it. Uh, he was nominated, been nominated for three Oscars, um, for all the movies I just named. So there you nice. Go. Oh, and he did some Succession score too, which Ooh. is God, good old Succession. So good. God, it is. Season four coming soon. Um. So yeah, I thought the the score was was brilliant. I mentioned the practical sets. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were really really good. Um, the droid. I, oh, B two emo. Yeah, B <laughs> was, was so awesome. Cute. He had a little stutter and he just like missed his people and he was sad and yeah, he was fun. I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, I think his like droid was like on like the intro that they do for Star Wars now. And I feel like maybe we talked about this, like, because I think like whenever, I guess it would have been Obi Wan came out, like that droid was on the cover still 
of like the intro. Oh, interesting. I, I always like really that confused. intro. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know who this is. And I'm like kind of familiar with this stuff. But well, that's neat. I, so like I think it. It, it was him. Um, Other just little little things that I thought were good was just the fact that there are no lightsabers. Mm-hmm. There's no Jedi, no Sith, no force or anything like that. It's just the people of the rebellion and the people yeah. of the world. It felt real. And I really enjoyed that. I didn't have to deal with a Skywalker or anything of that nature. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, no Palpatine. Like I said, there was zero fan service in like the best way possible. It was great. Like it didn't feel, I keep going back to this. It didn't feel like a Star Wars show, like in the best way possible. Like I, I, I always say with like, I think I talked about this when we did the Dark Knight podcast, but like, I think the Dark Knight would still be a great movie if it wasn't like Batman and the Joker. Yeah. Like I think this would still be a great series without the Star Wars elements. Totally. And I just think that's uh that's good stuff. Um one of my final things is just uh the ending. Did you watch the after credits scene of the last episode, Jackson? No. I didn't oh, even know there were. Oh boy. So this is going to be beautiful irony for you, right? Okay. <laughs> it's only it's only in the last episode. Oh, uh, great. There's a post-credit okay. scene. We uh we get to see you know all the things that they were making in the prison. Oh, what does it do? What is it? What is it? They were building the laser to the Death Star. <gasps> no, like, isn't that beautiful irony right oh there? Oh my god! It like zooms. It it focuses on this little like one of those pieces that they're making, and it zooms out, and all of these droids are like putting it in the laser wow. of the Death Star in space, and you're like, holy shit! Like they've done all this rebellion, but they were like. They're building the thing that's going to cause, like Cassian was helping. That's literally going to kill him. That's yeah. going to kill him. So, whoa! Beautiful I guess I should have seen that coming, but like, still, <laughs> I know, like, I didn't either. But then I saw it. I was like, oh, of course. And I was like, well, whoa. like the reason, like, I wouldn't think that too is just because everything is so small scale in this like big picture kind mm-hmm. of world. You forget about it, yeah. That like, my brain doesn't automatically think like, oh, like they're definitely making the Death Star because it's like. They could they could be making like a billion things. Like yeah. there's like so many more things to make than that. But I don't know. I thought that that's that's pretty cool actually. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, that's my only other little thing. Do you have any other miscellaneous things? No, off the top of the dome. Most of them actually. Uh, final thoughts on Andor before we put it to the test real quick. Um. Yeah, my final thought is that this is like maybe a top five Star Wars thing for me. I think. It would maybe be my number four, I think, right now. Maybe five. Nice. No, I'll put it at five. Because Rogue One is my third favorite movie. So incredible. For Star Wars. Yeah, I think um we found a sweet spot here in a compelling way to tell these stories in like a compelling time of the Star Wars lore that hasn't really been explored. And I think we're doing it really, really well. So I'm excited for season two. I hope it's just as strong as season one. I hope some of the questions get answered and maybe we start to, I don't know what they're going to do in terms of fan service. If like, they're going to bring in, like if we're going to meet K2SO, if we're going to meet like Krennic or something like that, or like if we're going to get any of that, I don't know. Is there Um, anything you specifically want? Not, not really. Like I just, I want, I do want to know, like, I don't know if we're going to get to like the death star and see it further. But I am excited to see like the jump that Mon Mothma eventually is going to make from yeah. being on Coruscant in the Senate mm-hmm. to being a full-fledged rebel. 
yeah i am really excited for her to like kind of break loose or like just everyone knows who she is so she has to like go on the run yeah and uh cool. oh, i didn't even mention i guess uh, i'll just end with this like forrest whitaker was good in his yeah. scenes mm-hmm. as saw Guerrero. so kind of showing the rat really really radical side of the rebellion even radical yeah. for luthan so yeah you'll probably get to, we'll probably see them like break apart right because they're kind of like a fractioned little yeah, like version of the rebellion yeah that causes like, like a lot of trouble in rogue one yeah like the full radicals who they don't associate with so yeah i think we're gonna see that split i'm uh scarily i'm anxiously anticipating maybe the death of stellan skarsgård's character um i thought he was gonna die in this season i did too sure. so i don't know what's gonna happen there but i'm just interested to see all of that and the repercussions of everything so i'm excited because yeah, whenever they showed the like he gave cassian like the kyber crystal thing on yeah. his neck Oh yeah, and he was like, "I want this back," and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna like give it to him when he dies or something like stupid." Ooh, nice. But nothing like that happened. Didn't yet, happen. So God, the show's so smart. <laughs> uh, they really don't treat us like babies, and I really appreciate no. that. So, yes, amazing. Uh, this is on Disney Plus. If you didn't know, go check it mm-hmm. out. Um, and yeah, um, let me put it to the test real quick, Jackson. Immortals. We'll put their name to the test. Um, Bechtel test. Does it pass? Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot definitely of women does. talking about like battle plans and the rebellion and and mm-hmm. stuff, and love that. Um, Rick Dalton meme test, absolutely, uh-huh. many times, and I don't think anyone's canceled. Um, not to my knowledge. I think we're since it's such a recent project, it's hard to hard to say. It, hard to say. So <laughs> maybe in a couple of years we'll find out something. I hope not. Um, is it a good date show, Jackson? Did you enjoy? Did you and Abby watch together? We did, yeah. I kind of had to binge a little, a couple episodes without her, but she like got pretty caught up. Um, nice. It, there's just so many episodes. Yeah, there are. Like if you're uh, doing 12. this as like a date show, because yeah. this released weekly, right? Yeah, it was weekly. So nice, sit down with your partner and watch it. Yeah, good stuff. I didn't do that, but I didn't either. <laughs> sorry. Um, and do you have a quote from the show you put on your tombstone, Jackson? No, I don't. I actually don't have any quotes. Do you? I'm, I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give you two. Give me some. Wouldn't you rather give it all at once, something real, and carve off useless pieces to this nothing left? That wasn't. That was a great quote. That was yeah. Luthen, right? That was Luthen, baby. Yeah, all yeah. mine are from Luthen. Um, what do I sacrifice? Everything. My last one is fight the empire or fuck the empire with an asterisk. So yeah, wonderful. Um. Real quick, let's do The List is Life. The List is an absolute good. The List is Life. And I just want to ask you, I think, I mean, I think I know where this sits in terms of Star Wars shows, live action shows. Mm -hmm. Out of Mandalorian, Andor, Book of Boba Fett, and Obi-Wan. What order is that for you? Uh, I think Andor is number one for me. Yeah. Then probably Mandalorian, even though like I'm kind of pissed with the direction they're going now, Same. thanks to Boba Fett. Uh, yeah. Then Obi Wan, and then Boba yeah. Fett. I, I think, think that's right. probably the correct order. I think that's right. Um, so you said, and then in terms of Star Wars properties, you said this is fifth. You think maybe fourth? Yeah, yeah top yeah, five. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. what's the top five? Rogue One. This in no particular order. Um, and it's the original trilogy and then Rogue One in this. Nice. In no particular order. I also think that's correct. So, yeah. 
tremendous. It's great. It's really good. I don't know. It's kind of interesting too, how like the future of like star Wars was kind of for a while, like building outwards, like after the events. And it seems like the best stuff is like, I mean, obviously not the actual prequels, but like the, these prequels have been like really, really good and like felt like they've, they've captured the old magic and style and aesthetic of like the original trilogy. I think so. And I don't think we're getting more movies until like Ryan Johnson's done making knives out stories. Cause is he the gonna... next one to do another trilogy? Yeah. Uh, early, there's a long Taika time too, right? Ago. Oh yeah. And Taika's making a star Wars movie. So there's a lot of moving parts, but a long time ago, it was like Ryan Johnson was going to make another trilogy. I think that's still in the works. Um, but a long it's way good. down the road. So he's good. I don't, yeah. So I don't know what Star Wars movie will be next. I think it'll be the Taika one. I'm really scared what that's gonna be. <laughs> I am too. Just knowing Taika's current vibe, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll Did you maybe see we... that Chris Hemsworth said that he doesn't want to do Thor unless it's like gonna be like good. Yeah, so he's had it too. He, much <laughs> like all of us. But well, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Maybe we'll see this next goal wins movie and we'll be like Taika's back. So maybe whenever that comes we'll out, who knows, but <laughs> I don't know if that's coming out this year. I don't either. I digress. Um, all right. Um, with that, we are done. That was our little Andor recap. Um, like I mentioned, uh, if you haven't already check out our rogue one conversation, I did with Davey, uh, earlier this week, that's, that's out. And, uh, and yeah, get your star Wars fill. And then, uh, We'll be back next week to talk Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, a movie that Jackson has not seen, so I'm excited. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. And guys, this one is available on HBO Max. It's free. Well, not free, but if you have HBO Max, <laughs> you get it. Um, so, so check it out with us and and tune in. It's a classic, so I'm excited. Um, Jackson, where can people follow us on uh, Instagram? They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod, and then they can click our link tree and go to all of our fun other things like our newest episodes, our blog, and our Twitter, which is at roughcut underscore co. And it Brilliant. is still alive, even though Twitter is just the wild, wild west right now. So it really is. Goodness. <laughs> it's live for now. Goodness gracious. I guess we can end on a uh, screw Kanye West. And uh dude, did you see the clips from today? I mean, this is a dateless uh, podcast, but that, oh no, my that's God. okay. It's, you it's, went on Alex Jones with Nick Fuentes. Not a good group of people, let me tell you. Nope. Bad people. Bad, Terrible. bad, bad people. On Amazing. that note, fuck Kanye West. <laughs> and I love the rough cut retrospective. And we love you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.